The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. Yeah, so now we're besties, and she is our guest today to talk about her journey with her explant surgery. So she's your bestie guestie. She <laughs> she's my bestie guest. That's right, girlfriend. Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Ann, R-N-C-A-N-S. And I am your other host, Sarah. Welcome back. Hey, so we have a great topic today. I'm very excited about our topic and I'm even more excited about our our guest. I almost said our host. You excited about me? I'm excited about, no, me, I'm the host. You're the co-host. Oh, the hostesses (laughs) with the mostesses and our guest. I am too. So talk to us about our topic today. Well, our topic is going to be about plastic surgery. We haven't touched on that in a while. And it's about specifically explant surgery. Don't know if a lot of our listeners have heard about having explant surgery, but it is when people are having their implants taken out. Yeah, so there's a lot of different reasons why a person might be a candidate for explant surgery. Um, And we have an awesome guest today that has an amazing story about um, that journey and that process for her. So I'm excited for her to talk about that. But before we get to that, I have to talk about how we know each other. So let me introduce our guest today. Her name is Dawn Funk. She is from Ohio. So she's with us on the phone today. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're with us. Okay, so like I told you before, um, I didn't tell Anne how we know each other. So I'm going to tell that story, but I'm really telling it to her and not really the audience. So Anne, you put out a post on Facebook asking for anybody that has had an explant surgery and would want to be interviewed for our podcast. I did. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I'm the co-host. I should probably like be supportive. So I shared it to a mom's group here in Frisco. I don't even know which one, but just like a Frisco business moms group and someone commented and they tagged, they didn't even tag Dawn because she has like, she's like maxed out of her followers. So she put Dawn's name in a comment and she said, go check out her videos. She has a great story. So I don't even know who made that comment. She wasn't my friend or anything. She was just in this mom's group. So I searched Dawn's name on Facebook and I found her and I messaged her. I was like, Hey, I don't know if this is like the right Dawn, but someone was telling me that you might have had explant surgery, which is like (laughs) a super personal thing to message someone. (laughs) That's crazy. But then I, so after I sent that message, I went onto her videos tab and I saw that she had a couple of videos talking about it. I was like, Oh, okay. This is the right girl. And she's like publicly talking about it. So this is awesome. So we messaged back and forth and she so kindly agreed to be on our podcast. And then she messaged me and said, is your husband Thomas? And first of all, no, that's my brother-in-law. But then I was like, why is she guessing my husband's name? And how does she know that like I'm somehow related to Thomas? Turns out she knows Thomas, my brother-in-law, because Thomas works for a company called ID Life that offers health and nutritional support. And she's like a top account holder and Thomas only works with the top account holder. So she's like, that's crazy. Yeah. He's like her go-to person in that. So how funny. (laughs) I love that. That's so great. Yeah. So now we're besties and she is our guest today to talk about her journey with her explant surgery. So she's your bestie guestie. She (laughs) 
She's my bestie guest. That's right, girlfriend. Okay, so Dawn, now after that long, ginormous backstory introduction. That's like the longest and best introduction I think any of our guests have had. I know. I know. Okay, so Dawn, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your backstory and your journey about how you came about having explant surgery. Okay, you guys are awesome. Oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for just asking me to be a part of this. It's truly an honor. And so, you know, just to share a little bit about me. So I am a crazy busy mom of four kids and, you know, it's so nuts. I'm a former teacher, former college professor, and I was working out like crazy. I was in the best shape of my life. I had just turned 45 years old and I was part of a health and wellness company. And for whatever reason, I just felt like for credibility purposes that I should start competing and, and, and bodybuilding contest. And oh, wow. so at you know 45, what? that's pretty young. Yeah. I had, a, I had a spat <laughs> going on. I had muscles popping and I thought, you know, all these women that do the competitions, they have boobs and I don't. <laughs> so it was never a thing um, that I felt like I needed them because of my husband or anything like that. But I just really felt like, you know what, this is maybe something I should explore. And so I made the choice to get the implants put in and I had them in for a few years. And I'll never forget my husband and I, we went to Fiji for our 20 year wedding anniversary. This was about two years ago. Oh, congratulations on that. Wow. And so we're coming back from like this amazing trip of a lifetime. And I just started having some really weird symptoms on the flight home, um, things that were very out of the ordinary. And after that, um, I just continued to have really bizarre symptoms. Um, I was training for a half ma- my first half marathon in Canada and just had horrible like pains and aches and just all these weird things just started happening with my health. And, you know, just started going to doctor after doctor, everyone was doing blood work, everything was coming back fine. But yet I was getting sicker and sicker. And it was so against who I am as a, as a person, because I'm a very busy person and, you know, generally, you know, really healthy. And so we just, I, I just couldn't figure out like what was going on. And so fast forward, you know, Christmas comes around that year and I went on a cruise with my family and I'll never forget, like I literally like laid in bed most of the cruise. Like I, my throat would tighten up. I had trouble eating. I had food allergies, food sensitivities, insane sinus pressure, horrible headaches. I could hardly open my eyes because they were so sensitive to light. And so we got back from that trip and I started to see a chiropractor because of all the horrible neck pain and, and just all the pains down my back. And I'll never forget. He said, gosh, he said, you have so much inflammation. And, and I just remember thinking like, I take good products to help with inflammation and, you know, and I gained about 24, 25 pounds, which was so Mm. not like me. Yeah. And uh, so, so long story short or longer, however you want to look at it. um, I ended up volunteering in my youngest daughter's classroom and I'll never forget this super brave woman came up to me because I, I'm a very transparent person and I had been putting stuff on Facebook. And so people knew that I was struggling with my health. And she walked up to me and she said, can I ask you a really personal question? I'm like, absolutely. And she said, do you have breast implants? 
And I'm like, yes, oh, I do. Wow. She said, I am a former, she was a, an NFL cheerleader and she, you know, ended up getting implants, you know, for her whole cheerleading. And so here she was now a mom and she literally, I'll never forget that conversation because she was describing her symptoms to me and every single symptom. I was like, that's me. That's me. I have that. I have that. And she said, you really need to look into this. She said, I'm going to send you information about a private Facebook group. She's like, you really need to look into this. And so that's kind of what led up to, um, you know, just realizing, make, like connecting the dots, I guess. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I mm-hmm. never, ever would have thought all of these crazy symptoms were related to my breast implants. Wow. I wouldn't have either. That's such a huge, like, leap a huge jump to make, but I'm so glad that that woman talked to you about that. Like, that's incredible. Yes, it was. I'm so grateful. She is my angel. And there's like a whole like faith story. I mean, I won't get into all that because I'm sure you guys don't want, you know, this to go on all night, but I'm just so grateful for her. That, that really is incredible. During that time, were you going to physicians and were they looking for like Lyme disease and autoimmune disorders and a bunch of different inflammatory diseases and, and they were going through process of elimination and you just basically, after going through everything, they eliminated everything? Or was this more early on that you were able to skip a lot of that and, you know, with her information, started that route? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I, I know a lot of women go years, you know, of just right. yeah. all these doctors. And I'm so blessed that, you know, my process really was from like September until January. She told me in January. So what is that, four or five months that I was down this rabbit hole. But I started with my family doctor um, and they did some blood work, but it, nothing out of the ordinary came back. Uh, but then I started going to my ear, nose and throat doctor because that Honestly, that was one of my most troubling symptoms was, you know, my throat would tighten up. I would be eating and all of a sudden I thought I was going to choke on food. Um, And then the sinus pressure was so bad. And and this is a part that just it is what it is. See, I would never associate sinus pressure to any of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a registered nurse myself, I would never associate that. That's crazy. I would just think that that's total allergies. Mm-hmm. No, it was awful. And and so what ended up happening was my ear, nose, and throat guy, um, he put me on antibiotics. He's like, maybe it's a sinus infection. And then um, it didn't go away. So then he put me on another round of antibiotics. And then the third round was a 20, I think it was like a 21-day supply of antibiotics. Oh, my god! And he wanted to do a CAT scan after that. And ironically, it was after that last of antibiotics when just the food allergies and the food intolerances just, I I literally, I mean, eating was awful (laughs) in it. And I'm sure, you know, now that I know what I know, I didn't realize how antibiotics like that could destroy your gut. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fast forward a little bit. You've gone through this process. You've realized that it's probably your implants. How did you get started on making that decision and how did you find a surgeon? How did you find out information about having explants and, and what the surgery entails, that kind of thing? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And so, 
you know, like I said, Robin, my angel, she shared with me, um, you know, about breast implant illness. And I had gone into the um, Facebook group that she had told me about. I was digging around, Mm. just listening to all these stories from all these women whose symptoms were just like mine. And so I was like, and there were so many women in this group. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. And so one thing that I think is huge for people to know, one of the the big things that struck me was all these women were talking about this MTHFR gene. And they were all saying, you know, a lot of the women that get sick, they have it. You should see if you have it. It impacts, you know, your detox and and things like that. And so um, I, you know, remember making an appointment with my family doctor to have that test done. But as far as the process and, and selecting my surgeon and all of that, it really was that group. I mean, that group is what gave me the confidence to make that decision. Um, you know, they had a list of surgeons that they recommended. Um, I learned about, you know, the importance of getting a total capsulectomy, I think is how you say it. Yeah, um, right. Full, a full on, on block. Um, you know, they all talked about just the importance of making sure that you go to a skilled surgeon who will get everything out, all the tissue, because there were women in this group that had not done that and remained sick. And so I just remember thinking like, if I'm doing this, I'm doing it right. (laughs) And so, Heck yeah, um, I would too. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I started making phone calls and of course, one of the best surgeons was in Ohio up in Cleveland, uh, Dr. Fang. Are they at the Cleveland clinic? Uh, no, not at the Cleveland Clinic. I think she's okay. close to it. Yep, but she only does explants. So she and Dr. Chen, I believe is his name, he's out in California. They are like the top two best of the best. They only do explant surgeries and have for years, I believe. And so I called both of their offices and they were on over a year waiting list. Oh my goodness. And keep in mind, I was so sick at this point and I'm like, I mean, I'm only five months in and I'm thinking there's no way that I can wait a year to get these things out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, also this is a separate thing, but I was supposed to go to Africa on a trip in April and I, it was like a once in a lifetime opportunity and I really wanted to go. So I'm like, I really want to get these out sooner so that I can go on that trip too with my husband. So, so we ended up making appointments um, at several different um, places. The one that I ended up getting on a waiting list for was down in Florida. They had taken out um, Playboy, Playmate, uh, Bunnies, um, implants who had gotten sick that had been on the news. Um, So um, ended up making an appointment there with Dr. Dev. Uh, But it was a long, like, I don't think I was going to get into like June or July. Um, And then we found two in the Chicago area So literally my husband and I drove six hours to Chicago one day, did a consult, drove back home, went back the next day to a different doctor. We couldn't get them lined up on the same day. Um, And so through that whole process, um, an opening, thank God, opened up uh, with Dr. Dev down in Florida. My heart just really felt like he was the right one. And um, so that's who I ended up having my surgery with. Wow, that's fantastic. Guys, breaking news, exciting announcement. We have our first sponsor. He's a guest of the show, friend of the show, 
So let me just tell you a little bit about what our sponsor is. How much of your business is made up of aesthetic and cosmetic medical procedures? Technology and innovation often work faster than the laws governing them and protecting you. Traditional male practice insurance often does not extend to new and innovative procedures. Don't wait until you have a problem to find this out. Endorsed by Cellular Medicine Association and happens to be the same insurance that Aesthetic Ann uses, Schroeder Coverage and their Medi Coverage has a plan that covers all of your procedures that you perform. You know that your patients are in good hands. Make sure that your practice is too. As a listener to this podcast, you'll have special access to MediCoverage's plans tailored to the procedures you perform today so you can keep innovating to bring your clients and patients the best experience tomorrow. Contact James Schroeder at Schroeder Coverage and schedule your personal consultation. James can be reached at 440-617-9010 or aestheticmalepracticeinsurance.com. Both of those things are in the description below. Thank you so much to our flagship sponsor. Y'all go check it out. Like I said, linked in the description below. One thing I want to point out is what I really love about your story is that you're willing to travel to find the right surgeon because you're right. Explant surgery is extremely, um, it's a niche market. Not a lot of surgeons do it. And if they, a lot of surgeons will tell you that they do it um, because they just kind of don't realize the importance of it, they, they, they think it's they an go, easy. They oh, go, I, I could do that. Yeah, yeah I, I do, do that. that. I do I mean, that. They I totally look, do that. They literally just think it's taking the implants out, and they don't realize that the capsulectomy is the most important part of it. And and there's a lot of reasons for that, along with the reasons that you stated. But you know, people, it just blows my mind that people are, they want to stay in town or they want to go someplace close, and um, they won't look for you know, a surgeon that's the best in their field when it comes to something specialized like that. And one of the things is like faces. I mean, if I, if I were to have a facelift, I want to go have a facelift done by the, one of the top surgeons in the world that specializes in faces. And so that's just a really good point. I wanted to point that out because you probably could have gone to just any old plastic surgeon in your area and they really didn't specialize in explants, but they would have said, oh, yeah, I can take them out, no problem. And then you still would have had your issues. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it was awesome because the surgeon that I went with, Dr. Dev, um, he had specialized in chest reconstruction before he became a plastic surgeon. He's a Harvard graduate. So, you know, I definitely did my homework, you know, on the doctor that I, you know, decided to go with. And, you know, it, it just, it matters. I mean, you know, again, to be as sick as I was, I'm like, there's no way that I want this to be messed up. Like, you know, I want my health back and mm-hmm. I'm willing to do whatever it takes um, to go to the right person. And uh, I'm just so grateful for him. And yeah, so I, yeah, I think that's a great point too. And, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you just, you risk so much. I mean, again, I know people that make that decision to go with someone local and, you know, maybe had a little bit of issues or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just so important to go with a trusted surgeon. Absolutely. Yeah. So what were some of the expectations that your doctor gave you when you had your consultation? Um, what were some of the things that he told you? Cause I've, I've never been in that position, but I feel like there's, there might be people listening that are contemplating, like, maybe I should look into this. I've, oh my gosh, that sounds like me that I've, I've been having the same problems. So when you went to your consultation, talk to us about what that was like and kind of what the expectation was that the doctors gave you. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, and if I can just be real, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, they can't say your implants are causing these health issues. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, so even he, as great as he was, um, and I, and he, you know, shared with me that, yeah, he's done this, you know, for many, many women who get better after surgery. Uh, But, um, you know, it's still one of those things where they can't guarantee that, obviously. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think too, and I'm just going to be real with this, like once I knew what I knew about putting foreign objects in my body and, you know, how, how everyone's bucket is different, right? You know, and so there's a little backstory to this too, that before I went to Fiji, and I know this, and I hope this is okay to bring this in, but before I went to Fiji, I had a metal dental implant put in. Okay. And so it's significant with the story with my recovery because, you know, so here I am, you know, he, he doesn't guarantee anything, but he says a lot of the women do get better. Right. And, and I guess for me, I'm like, once I knew what I knew, I didn't even, I mean, yes, I prayed that I would get better, but I wanted them out regardless. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, now that I know you know, after going to mentors website and seeing the list of, you know, heavy metals that are in them, you know, I'm like, I don't want them in, you know? And, and I just, I'm a former English professor. So, you know, I was just kind of like, gosh, I can't believe I didn't do the research before I put these in. And I just trusted society and everyone saying that they were safe without doing my own research. But, Mm. you know, but I, I don't beat myself up for that because I'm a huge vocal person about this and spreading awareness. And I think a lot of women need to wake up about the dangers of putting, you know, two large foreign objects in your body and what the, how your body will, could start attacking itself and bringing on these autoimmune issues and, you know, making your bucket overflow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Well, so when they gave you these expectations, did you have a plan for replacing that volume after you had them taken out? Did you not really worry about that? Um, kind of what are your thoughts on that? And, and also, like, what, what fears might you have had? Because I'm sure that, you know, um, when women get breast cancer, their big fears are losing their breasts and then what the reconstruction is like. Um, I'm just kind of wondering if you had some fears about this too. Yeah, so... That's a great question. And I'm going to be really bold and real about this. And I I talk to a lot of women all the time, um, giving them advice about this. Your health is the most important thing, you know, and, and I'm just going to be real. Like I could have cared less what I looked like aesthetically. Um, and I know, sorry, I know it's aesthetic and, but that's important. That, that That's a really yeah. important point. I mean, yeah. when it comes to life and death or when it comes to yeah. health, oh. you know, I mean, that that's, that's kind of what we're about. We're about, you know, yeah. education, information, and therefore empowering our listeners, because I don't want people going and doing things um, that are dangerous. I, I'm trying to educate people on the dangers of, you know, going to get really cheap Botox at your friend's house. Well, it may not really be Botox or the fillers that they're putting in you for really cheap, you know, at the, at the hair salon in the back room may not be real filler. I mean, so, and, and in your case, yeah, they were real breast implants, but they also have, you know, real side effects that can come with it. And so, 
you know, all of this is very important, but, but I think that we have, um, when we know what we should be doing, um, when we know it's right, we still let fear hold us back. And I want to applaud you because it doesn't sound like that once you figured out what the issue was, it doesn't sound like that you had really any fear holding you back because of your faith, um, your faith base. But, you know, if there were something that kind of flashed across your mind that might have caused you to back out, um, you know, what would that have been? I guess the only thing that I was fearful of, and I'm sure people relate to this, is just being put under, like just being put under anesthesia, like, oh my gosh, yeah. what if I don't wake up, you know? Yeah. And that, that was my one real fear, because, you know, I had a couple of my kids went with me to the surgery. I mean, I wanted my daughters to be a part of this. I wanted them to see my mistake and, you know, just experience this so that they would, they will never do what I did. Um, you know, so it was awesome to have my girls there. And, How old um, are they? Yeah, so I've got a daughter that's a freshman in college right now at Ohio State, and then my youngest is 14. Um, but, you know, wow. so, you know, my fear was I'm not going to wake up, right, for the anesthesia. But yeah. other than that, like, you know, I did not pay extra money for a lift. Um, you know, I didn't care. Um, you know, I before my surgery, I was a, a A to B cup. You know, like I said, not super, super flat, but, you know, not not tons either, right? Um, but I just was like, I don't care if they're droopy. I mean, there's not a lot there anyways, but I just want to be healthy. And, and here's the thing, too, it just how it all worked out. They ended up getting me moved up on the waiting list so that, no joke, I got to have my surgery exactly 30 days before that Africa trip. Wow. And so my sir, Dr. Deb said, you can go to Africa since you've got 30 days. So that, I guess, would have been my other fear Yeah. was because when I was really sick, I had to quit flying on airplanes because the anxiety attacks, the panic attacks, which I had never dealt with in my life, oh my were so horrible. I had 15 to 20 panic attacks a day. And oh, I had wow. to quit flying on airplanes. It was awful. And uh, I had to quit flying on airplanes because just the pressure in my chest and, you know, the panic attacks, anxiety attacks. And so I had this fear of, oh, my gosh, should I really be going to Africa on all these airplanes right after the surgery? And I went to the Maasai Mara, which is like there's no hospitals, nothing. Oh, my so goodness. So that was something else just really scary for me was to, to go on that trip. But. You know, even up until a couple of days before that trip, I went back and forth, should I do it? And I'm like, you know what? Like, I am not going to let fear hold me back. Like, you know, so, and here's the thing, you know, the lift, and it wasn't so much the money part. If I would have had the lift, then I couldn't have gone to Africa because that was a more involved surgery. Yeah. And so the recovery time would have been a little longer. Plus, I'll just be honest, like, I'm like, listen, I don't really care what they look like. So why mm -hmm. do I pay the extra money my husband loves me regardless like it doesn't matter. yeah and at this point I'm 40 I think what was I 47 then or 48 almost when it happened I'm like you know what it is what it is like so I you know I did not do anything and as far as the fat transfer you know again it's like I my vanity was the least of my thoughts mm -hmm. and so I didn't even look at fat I looked at none of that because I'm like I just I want me back. You know what I mean? I just yeah. wanted to be how I am. I just want myself back. So. Well, speak of the recovery. So what was that recovery like? Because I, 
I have not had implants myself. In fact, <laughs> I'll make this public information. I've had two reductions, so I actually keep having it taken out. <laughs> and, you know, I know what that's like. That recovery, it was a lift also. That recovery can be pretty tough, but my friends that have had implants and with patients that I take care of, they say, it's like, oh, I feel like that I've got an elephant sitting on my chest, you know. And um, so, like, what was it like for you? Was it, did it feel like that the elephant came off the chest or, or was it, um, was it, because I haven't taken care of any explant surgery patients, actually. Um, so where did they make the incision and, you know, what was your recovery like? Yeah, no, that's a great question, too. So when I had them put in, like I said, I was pure muscle. I mean, I was in the best shape of my life working out six days a week. And, and so they were put under the muscle and it was horrible. Like my recovery from getting them in was brutal um, just because going underneath all that muscle in, uh, it was awful. Um, now getting them out, I mean, I wasn't working out like crazy because I was so sick. Um, you know, the muscle wasn't as thick or whatever, but you know, they did come out, you know, from underneath the muscle. Um, you know, as far as recovery, I mean, honestly, I don't, I mean, like I said, I had it done in Florida the day of my surgery, I rested literally that night. Um, we went for a little walk around the pond at the condo that I stayed with. I mean, I have pictures on Facebook of me with my, you know, drip, uh, blood drip bags hanging off of me. Um, I went so they to gave the, you they gave you drains. Those are called Jackson yeah. Pratt drains. Yeah, JP <laughs> drains. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, and and that's something that's debatable. You know, some doctors do, some don't. Yeah. Um, you know, my surgeon. And, and it seemed like from a lot of the the women in the groups that having the drains was a good thing. Uh, so I was glad that that he encouraged that. So I actually had to stay in Florida for a week uh, because he would check my drains. Right. You know, a couple times that week. Uh, but I went to the beach a couple days again with my drains. Um, oh you know, wow! So, yeah. <laughs> now that'd That's be interesting, life, right? <laughs> yeah, at I the mean, beach I, with my drains. <laughs> yeah, I had my kids with me. I mean, we were on spring break, so um, you know that the physical part of it, you know, wasn't that bad. Um, however, you know the brain. So, and, and I got to add this part in too because I'm I'm still working with a holistic doctor. So all of this also, I chose to do it during a season in a woman's a woman's life um, that's already haywire. So menopause. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I can imagine. And so that has been, you know, a big part of my recovery um, in the beginning was just trying to get my systems all calmed back down now that the implants were out. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and if I can just throw this in because I read about this in the support groups that for a lot of women, the implants are just one piece of the puzzle with your detoxing and getting healthy. Mm -hmm. And I read that multiple times and it really hit me when my doctor told me, Hey, you've got, you know, four high levels of heavy metals in you, even though my implants didn't rupture, you know, there is, there is a thing called gel bleed, uh, but I did not have ruptured implants. But I did have, and I still have, high levels of heavy metals. Mm -hmm. And even though you didn't have any um, fat transfer or like PRP at the time, is that something that you're considering for the future? Oh my gosh, not at all. No. <laughs> no, you sound so happy. You're like, like, I'm done with surgery. <laughs> yeah, you sound done. Like that chapter is closed. 
you're good to Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yes. Like well, I said, it, it's so crazy because, again, and you'll hear this from a lot of women. Like, it's not the husband. Like, it, again, I have a great marriage. Like, my husband could care less. Like, what I, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, and, and I don't care. I mean, I wear a sports bra every day. Hey, I'm fine. Like, I, <laughs> and, and, and to your point, like, it's amazing having them out, how I can breathe so much better. Cause it did, it felt like I had an elephant on me all the time. And, yeah. and now it's like, I love that they're just back to normal and I can breathe. And, and I, I mean, I'm almost 50. I don't really care what my breasts look like. Yeah. I'm just being real. <laughs> I yeah. don't. I mean, no, that's awesome. You uh, sound happy and you is. sound healthy. And that is clearly like, way more valuable anyways. Yeah. No, that is that is fantastic. I do want to mention a couple of things because if there are women that are thinking about having this done, um, or this is October, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and there are a lot of women who will be getting a breast cancer diagnosis and they're going to be faced with after having their um, their cancer removed, radiation and chemo or whatever route that they take um, with their oncologist, including the surgery, um, a lot of those women are going to be looking at doing implants. And so one of the things is I wanted women who are thinking about that, whether it's thinking about implants because they want them for aesthetic reasons or they're doing some kind of reconstruction, there are other avenues. They don't have to get the implants and you know, I want women to know that, that there is fat transfer. They have um, another surgery that um, they actually can take an abdominal f- flap that has some of your abdominal fatty tissue, mm-hmm. and they can use that for actual reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, or a lot of times they can... You know, I mean, I'm not a breast reconstruction plastic surgery nurse. That is very highly specialized. Um, but I do know that... There's a lot of different options out there, and and that's one of them is taking an abdominal flap. There's other ones where they can actually just do fat transfer and inject the fat. And and then one of the the, um, treatments that we do at our clinic, just for women who want kind of a fuller breast or fuller top, you know, want, want their tops to be filled out a little bit more, we do the vampire breast lift, which is we just draw your blood. We don't need the red blood cells and we use your PRP and we re-inject the PRP. So it's your own body tissue going back into your body and it helps to kind of rebuild and some of those fatty tissues there. Mm -hmm. One of the other pieces of information I'd like to share with our listeners is about National Breast Cancer Foundation. As we know, this is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, Many people are aware of the Komen Foundation. They're fantastic. They do fundraising for research and development but a lot of people are not aware of the National Breast Cancer Foundation. And what they do is they help direct patient care. So women and men who have breast cancer and they cannot pay for their oncology, they can't pay for their treatments, maybe even if you um, need to get mammograms annually or every five years and you can't afford to do that, they will pay for that too. So if you know somebody, have a loved one or friend that has breast cancer and they are not able to pay for their treatments, they even might need money for travel to appointments, gas money, or even staying overnight in hotels, please contact National Breast Cancer Foundation 
they will help you. They are an incredible foundation. And I just want to highlight them because it's pink month. So thank you again, Dawn, for being on this episode. It was so great to not only have a new guest, but make a new friend and a new connection, which is awesome. Make sure that you guys share this episode on social media because you never know who could listen to this and literally it could change Change their their lives, especially with this topic. Thank you guys so much for liking and subscribing. Leave a five-star review because we didn't have a review of the week this week because we don't have any new reviews. So leave a review and you might be featured on next week's episode. Follow us on social media. That's Aesthetic and RN on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like a more personal connection, you can always email us, aestheticandrn at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.